Blog Talk Radio. There's no other name under heaven whereby men can be saved only the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the sweetest name. I know. Sing it. Under heaven.
Jesus is the sweetest name I know. God bless you, Global Gospel listeners. It is the 1 p.m. hour, and you know what time that is. Every Saturday, Global Gospel is here. I'm your host, Reverend Lamar Townsend, and we are here to share with you the gospel, good news, and glad tidings. Certainly, we, we, we do not own the rights to any of the music that you hear on today, but we pray that it is a blessing to you, to you, and to you. That was Andre Crouch. Jesus is the sweetest name. We know that this is the last Saturday in Black History Month, and so we remember the contributions of Andre Crouch to gospel music. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. Well, tell your family, tell your friends, tell your neighbors to log on to www dot blogtalkradio.com slash global hyphen gospel and let them know that we are live and on the air we are also syndicated on apple itunes spotify and google play so tell them they can connect with this there also we are also on social media you can connect with us on facebook twitter tumblr or instagram If you go to our Facebook page, our Twitter page, or our Tumblr page, there is a direct link to each and every episode. Our number in studio, 619-924-0800, You can call in and speak to us at the appointed time. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you would like to connect with Global Gospel, you can connect with us at P.O. Box. 5331 that is in Hempstead, New York with the zip code is 11550. Our email address is globalgospel17 at gmail.com. Certainly we are looking forward to hearing from you, you, and you. We would like to take this time to shout out a few of our sponsors on today. We want to shout out Grandma Edda's Quilting, Margie Bradley Townsend. We want to shout out MPT Enterprise, Marlon Townsend. We want to shout out Third Lounge and Melanated Beards, Ryan Wilson. We also shout out the Nationwide Black Family Mediation Services, Lois Glenn Carter. Certainly, we thank God for those sponsors. And certainly, we want to shout out our listening audience, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Maryland, Delaware, Virginia, the Carolinas, Florida, Georgia, California, uh, Illinois, Michigan. We thank God for you, for you, and for you. We do shout out our listeners around the world, those that are in uh, Canada, those that are in Mexico, those that are in Jamaica, West Indies, the United Kingdom, Spain, Portugal, France, South Africa, Nigeria, Colombia, Brazil, Turkey, Australia, Japan, wherever you are, we thank God for you, you, and for you. For those of you that have joined into Global Gospel for the first time, our theme scripture here is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. And today we present to you the gospel, the good news, the glad tidings of Jesus Christ. We want you to know that the gospel is comprehensive 
It meets every need in your life. If you have a financial need, if you have a spiritual need, if you have an emotional need, if you have a housing need, through Jesus Christ, all things are possible. You don't have to give up. You don't have to quit. You don't have to throw in the towel because God is able to do all things but fail. It is because of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. His compassion fails not. And so we want you be, to be encouraged, uplifted, knowing that God can and God will. And so we thank you, thank you, thank you. Certainly we do have a special guest that will be sharing with us in just a little while. And we do have a special announcement as well. Uh, there is a pop-up going on today and that person is going to tell us about that in about 60 seconds. In the meantime, we want you to know that Jesus will. Stay tuned. Time for our special announcement. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you? Good, good. This is Wayne. What's going on, brother? All right, my brother, Wayne Daniels. All right, tell us what's going yes, on sir. today. What's up, brother? David here, too. How you doing? David Daniels. All right. David, how's it going, going? David? It's going pretty good, pretty good. We're over here at our business expo at a, at the event room here in Smithtown. We've got a couple of businesses over here promoting their business, connecting with each other, networking, you know, that sort of thing. Awesome. Yes, awesome. sir. So uh, the place is uh, it's actually Prestige Smithtown here, uh, right on Main Street. It's 55B East Main Street in Smithtown. We have, a like my brother said, a small business expo going on. And we just wanted to support our community and uh, help small business owners, uh, you know, promote themselves, get out there. We're going to be doing this fairly regularly uh, to help and assist with, uh, you know, our folks growing their businesses and uh, getting new clientele, making sales, and all that kind of good stuff. So, And we have a, a beautiful event space here that's available for rent, for parties, events, uh, workshops, seminars, uh, you know, baby showers, wedding receptions. Uh, we can seat up to 100 people. So if anybody's ever in need of a space, uh, we have it. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Give us the address again. Oh, the address is 55B. That's in Boy East Main Street in Smithtown, New York, 11787. And if they want, they can go to PrestigeSmithtown.com. Our website is PrestigeSmithtown.com. And uh, if they're interested, they can just fill out the form, and we'll uh, get back to them with uh, all of the information that they're requesting. All right. Uh, we hope that you uh, all make your way there to Smithtown on today. Thank you, my brothers. Thank you so much. God bless. God bless. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to break this next election. What is 
this. What is this? And we'll be back with our special guest live and in studio. Association of New York Incorporated. Good afternoon, Reverend Moderator. How are you? I'm doing well, uh, Reverend Townsend. So good to so good to be with you this afternoon. Certainly, we are glad that you're able to take time out of your busy schedule to share with us on today. Before we get any further, uh, I've been highlighting Black History Month, and so that tell us a little bit about that selection of your choice for today. Oh. What is it by uh, Walter Hawkins? I, you know, I I love Walter Hawkins. Uh, he was right. a pioneer in uh, gospel music. You know, I I remember when when he first exploded on the scene. I guess it was back in the seventies or something. Uh, he was he was revolutionary. Not everybody not everybody enjoyed him uh, at the time, uh, but uh, he has since become classic, and uh, right. we certainly thank God for the music and the ministry of uh, of Bishop Walter Hawkins. 
All right. So that was a moment in black history for our listeners. What is this Walter Hawkins classic? All right, Reverend McDowell, tell us a little, our listening audience, a little bit about yourself. Maybe there's somebody out there that hasn't quite heard about you yet. Okay. All right. Well, that's uh, kind of simple. Uh, Philip McDowell, uh, Philip B. McDowell. Uh, I'm from uh, a family of 10. My mother and father had 10 children. I am number I'm number eight, and there are there are twins underneath me. Um, and uh, I basically grew up in Roosevelt here on Long Island, and graduated from Roosevelt High School. Went off to college and uh, graduated from American um, Baptist College in Nashville, Tennessee, and um, and from there uh, I came back home, got married to uh, the love of my life. Uh, Katrina McDowell, Lady K, and uh, I, I pursued my Master's of Divinity degree from New York Theological Seminary, uh, received that. Um, I was called to pastor the, the South Hempstead Baptist Church, I think it was in 1994, about 28, almost 29 years ago, and uh, uh, I've since pursued and received not only my MDiv, but my Master's of Arts in Hebrew Bible from um, Jewish Theological Seminary. And that was that was a, a challenge. And uh, Lady Kay and I have one daughter, Phaedra, very beautiful, talented young lady. And uh, as you said, uh, about two years ago, I was elected as the 18th moderator of Eastern Baptist Association. I'm so honored to be so, uh, to be their 18th moderator. And uh, I think that's about it. Uh, I love gospel music. I love preaching. I love teaching. I lo- listen, I love playing the piano, even though quite a few people may not know that. But my, my mother says my first love was music. And so uh, I, I grew up with a piano in the home and played that for, well, I still play it. But uh, I like to share that for those who may not know that. We must have music. Music is listen, yeah, music yeah. is everything. M- music makes the difference. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, all right. All right. So certainly uh, we know that you've uh, been a lot of places and done a lot of things, and uh, you've been preaching for quite some time now as well, um, as uh, I, I learned uh, from since you were 19, right? Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Teenage I, preacher. All right. I, some, yes. Listen. Sometimes I I hate to say that because that, that that makes me old. And uh, but it's the truth. It's the truth. Yeah. Well, About nineteen. Uh, all right. That's a blessing. It took us some of us a little longer to uh, yeah, accept the right. call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, there is something that is dear to your heart. Uh, probably a trending issue in our our audience. I'm sure they've uh, seen that by now. And tell us, Reverend, what is on your heart these days? Well, you know, first of all, let me just say, Reverend Townsend, thank you for extending thank you. this this opportunity to speak with you and, and your audience of uh, Global Gospel. It is an honor to be with you this afternoon, and I certainly want to thank you for for this privilege. Um, and and you're right. There's uh, something that that has been on my heart, you know. Um, and I think the best way to say it is uh, 
pastoral preparation for today's pulpits. You know, I you know I, I think uh, you know I, I realize that pulpits in, in our vicinity and across the nation have become vacant um, since the onset of of the COVID uh, pandemic, and there is a real need for qualified and able men and women to fill these vacancies. And uh, so that that is, you know, that really is a challenge. I, I don't think anybody will ever forget um, when, when, when the pandemic hit, uh, how many people were, were dying. It, it was, none of us had ever seen anything like that. And pastors uh, were, were dying and, and parishioners were dying. And, they were leaving here so so fast. We we weren't even able to say farewell in in a decent manner. Um, my mother died in April of 2020, and, and I remember distinctly. You know, we I had to commit her body uh, something like a hundred feet away from the open grave because they didn't even want us to be close to an open grave at the time. It was it was terrible. But anyway. My my point that I'm saying is that um, pulpits are now vacant. I mean, some churches have called pastors. Some are in the process of calling. Uh, and, and, again, this is not just in this area but across the nation. Um, but I think more than ever, churches need to be thoughtful and prayerful about the type of person um, they need as their next pastor. Um, thoughtful and and prayerful. I, listen, I'm a Baptist. I'll always be a Baptist. I'm sure I, uh, I'll die a Baptist. And I know that we as Baptists believe that God is the one who chooses and places the pastor in the pulpit. I know that, and, and I don't think any of us will ever deny that. Uh, but but we also believe that God uses the con- the congregation to extend the call to the pastor. Uh, and so. Um, you know, because of the pandemic, churches churches may need to realize that uh, that church, that doing church or, or worship is different now. You know, it's it's the church is not. Listen, even before the pandemic struck, the church uh, of of 2019 was not the same church as the church of. 1975 you know it's it's a different right. day now it's a different church it's a different right. day now but um particularly because of the pandemic more people now are experiencing worship online you know via facebook zoom um uh, conference call uh youtube and other platforms uh more people are now giving financially uh, to the church via cash app and Givelify and Zell and, and, and other ways. And and I think churches and pastors or potential pastors uh, need to be aware of these changes and be prepared to keep up uh, with with these changes. And so, um, you know, not, not just that, but just there's so much going on now in the, in the, in the church. And, and I was about to say the black church, but I think some of these churches, uh, some of these changes are affecting the church at whole. It doesn't it doesn't matter whether you are a member of church or or not. Um, some of these changes that are affecting the church um, or is is affecting the, the church universally. And so this is this is, has been a concern of mine, and it's been weighing on my heart for some time now. 
Wow, wow. And you, you mentioned the black church, and so sometimes we say things like that because of what we, we're familiar with. But I believe that culture does sometimes play a part in the way we think and sure. process and worship. Sure. I'm sure you would sure. agree. Sure, absolutely. Uh, we we don't have to look any further than the New Testament. The New Testament. There was a there was a church in Jerusalem. There was a, the Jerusalem church, which was basically a a Jewish church. Uh, you know, I, I think many of us forget that uh, the Jesus movement was initially a Jewish movement, and so the church uh, in Jerusalem were basically a Jewish church filled with with you know our Jewish brothers and sisters. But of course. Uh, with the persecution of the early church, um, you know, the, the church spread, and it went to areas beyond uh, Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, and to the utmost parts of the world. And uh, we have uh, apostles, you know, we have preachers like Paul who uh, organized Gentile churches, and certainly Jewish churches were different culturally uh, from uh, Gentile churches and vice versa. So I, I agree with you 100%, Reverend Townsend, that culture really does affect the way we worship. Um, you know, that may be difficult for for idealists to believe. I mean, I'm sure there must be people who, who think that the church needs to worship the same way, you know, across the board. But that's likely, that's highly unlikely because culture really does affect how we worship, for sure. So true. And you mentioned the uh, pandemic, which uh, undeniably those that are here, we, uh, we've we lived through that. And uh, as you talk about preparation, I'm sure we were all taken off guard by the events of 2020. And so we, we can't necessarily prepare for what what happened already so now that it happened now what yeah yeah i mean that's a that's a good question and um you know i i I think those who desire to pastor the flock of god should um make him or or herself as prepared as possible you know i I, you know i this is this is probably true pre-pandemic but it's certainly true you know post-pandemic that Mm -hmm. that anyone who desires to pastor should prepare him or herself as best as possible. Um, you know, I I fear that some young preachers uh, may think, or, or not just young preachers, uh, parishioners as well. I, I fear that parishioners may feel uh, that pastor that that uh, that that preaching um, is, is all it is to pastoring. You know, and that's not true at all. Uh, pastoring is much more than preaching. In fact, uh, I would go so far as to say it's quite, you know, it's arguably preaching might well be the easiest aspect of pastoring. I mean, after all, you, you, you know, you're expected to preach on Sunday morning. You know, I had a, I had a homiletic teacher tell us in class years ago, the average attention span is anywhere from 18 to 22 minutes. So anything after that, you're just kind of wasting your time. And so uh, for some people, you know, they think that pastoring is wrapped up in 22 minutes of sermon, and that's just not true. That's just not There's so much more to uh, pastoring than, than preaching. And sometimes there are 
there are individuals who have the gift of preaching, um, but they may lack some other skills. Um, you know, and preaching is certainly preaching is certainly a um, preaching is certainly a, a gift, but it's certainly not the only gift that that one needs. In fact, I, I heard somebody say years ago, I I can't remember who the individual was who said it, but I think they said something like, "Don't let your gift take you where your character cannot keep you." You know, so mm-hmm. um, you know, m- there you know. Many are called, but few are chosen. Maybe I'll say, but uh, certainly, yeah, certainly preaching is is just one aspect. And and you know the thing about it also, Reverend Townsend, is that we we need to remember that there are more college grad, you know, more college educated and more college graduates in our pews now than any other time in history. Um, and so it, it's conceivable. Uh, that the pastor needs to be just as, if not more, educated than the people he or she is leading. Uh, I mean, that that just seems to make sense uh, to me. You know, I mean, um, you want to be you want to be as educated as the people you're leading, if not more educated. Second, uh, Tim, you know, Second Timothy two fifteen says, "Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth." So. Um, so the, the, the pastor, the potential pastor today needs to equip him or herself to the best of his or her ability. I think that also includes finding a, a mentor, you know, a mentor pastor who will, um, who will love and provide pastoral guidance, uh, to, to the potential pastor, you know, the young person I'm saying young, please, please forgive me. Uh, when I say that, because there, uh, as you said, you know, there are people who are being called to pastor as a second uh, second career kind of thing. So they may not be they may not be chronologically young. They just may be young uh, in, in in the ministry or young uh, towards pastoring. But but whoever you know, whatever your age is, I think that a person needs to find a pastor who will mentor them and. Uh, uh, and, be, and then that person need to be prepared to follow the guidance and the leadership of your mentor. Uh, you know, I, I, I sat under the, uh, the feet of, of several um, old-time preachers, and, uh, you know, they, did, they didn't always have the same ideas that I had, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, uh, but, but I was clear in my mind that uh, I needed to, to listen to them and to be subjected to their pastoral guidance, regardless, <laughs> regardless of how I felt about it. And, uh, and I think, it, you know, I think in the end it works. You know, I think, you know, uh, you know wisdom comes from, from age, at least it should. And, uh, and sometimes we just need to uh, listen to the elders and follow their leadership, Tim. I think that's it. Um, the, the other thing I want to say, Reverend Townsend, is um, when it comes to, you know, pr- preparing oneself for pastoring. Um, so, you know, you certainly it certainly helps to be gifted uh, in preaching or administration or any mm-hmm. other gift like that. Um, it certainly helps to, to be tech savvy. Today, you know, uh, ten years ago, I didn't I didn't need to be tech savvy, 
today I might need to be tech savvy or have someone around me to have people around me who are tech savvy, you know. Um, so the, the potential pastor now needs to be gifted, tech savvy, uh, you know, be, you know, uh, uh, sit under the, the leadership and the guidance of a senior pastor. And, and I would say sit under a pastor that that you, you know, that you emulate, that you want to emulate. You know what I'm saying? I mean, just sitting under a seasoned person may not be the thing that somebody needs to do. Um, mm-hmm. You might want to intentionally sit under someone that intentionally uh, want to emulate, someone who as the same, you know, that you identify with and, and things of that nature. Um, and then the other thing is, and this, this might be the last part that I'm thinking about. There may be some other things. But, but I certainly would recommend uh, a person attending an accredited college uh, if possible. I, you know, and I'm, I'm saying accredited uh, because there are a lot of schools in the land that are not accredited. And That's true. I, you know, and, and I'm sure that those those schools serve a purpose. I'm sure of that. I'm sure that there are countless of uh, non-credited colleges and schools that that are doing God's work. You know, uh, and and to the best of their ability, equipping men and women uh, for the gospel ministry. But but if someone ever asked Philip McDowell, uh, I would certainly say without hesitation that they need to attend an accredited college. And the good thing about an accredited college is that your 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 credits will will are will be will be accepted if you choose to transfer. You know what I'm saying? In other words, uh, you know why why spend time and money at a school? Um, and and your and your credits and the classes that you've taken are not accepted nationally or or, or somewhere else um, if right. you were to transfer. Now, if you if you're not going to transfer, you're fine. You know what I'm saying? If if that's this is true. all you're doing and this is all you need, then that's good. But and, uh, go ahead, go ahead. And, and so so you mentioned that. And so what, what I've, you know, I do know of a situation where someone was attending um, a, a, a school of religious training and they mm-hmm. went, they, they changed denominations. And so mm-hmm. the next denomination didn't accept it because it was probably, it was within their local um, yes. particular organization. And so yes. it, it, they ended up with a problem. Yes. Yeah. And, and 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 that probably happens more than we hear. You know, you know what I'm saying? Right. That's not that's not like some that's not a piece of information that people will will uh, readily share with you. you. You know what I mean? Right. That, uh, I, I spent all of this money and all this time, and now I'm finding out that my credits, you know, are not acceptable, are not transferable. Uh, that's not something that people are are likely to share with you. But I'm but I would imagine it happens more. Than we realize, and and not only uh, should one uh, you know attend an accredited college, but but that's also followed. Um, that's also followed. Can you hear me, okay, Reverend? Yes, loud and clear. Uh, okay, I, okay, good. I just I just wasn't sure if you were. Um, 
then once you complete your degree from an accredited college, college, it might be nice to pursue and obtain a, a Master of Divinity degree from an accredited seminary uh, also, uh, and, and, you know, an MDiv. In fact, in a lot of denominations, um, you're not going to get in anybody, you're not going to get in there unless you have a bare minimum of a Master of Divinity degree. Now, I know Baptists, you know, we don't, we don't put those stipulations, we're not like, you know, we don't, we're not obligated to put those stipulations on anyone. But, um, you know, there are some, you know, there are some denominations, mainstream Christian denominations, where uh, if you say you want to be a pastor, well, listen, this is what you need to do, you know, and once you finish it, come and see us, you know. But, uh, you know, a, a seminary accredited by the Association of Theological Schools, ATS, you know that that's that's an accrediting association. That's an accrediting organization. Um, they they are rec- those schools are recognized by both the Council of Higher Education accreditation and uh, the United States Department of Education. Uh, and so if you if you go to a an ATS school, a, a school that is accredited by the Association of Theological Schools, ATS. Uh, you can be assured that your credits will transfer if you so desire to transfer. And not only do you want credits that will transfer if you desire to, to, to transfer, but, but once you get out of school, you want to be able to produce a degree that is recognized as being accredited. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, otherwise, you just have a piece of paper with, with a stamp on it. So, uh, so you, you certainly you know, want to do that. And so if one wants to, you know, after one get a college degree, after one gets a, a, a master's divinity degree, if one wants to, to pursue a doctorate, get a, a doctor's of ministry degree, which is a D-men, or if one want to get a doctor's of philosophy, you know, PhD, um, then you need to get those degrees from an accredited seminary or university, you know. Um, otherwise, uh, your degree may not be worth the paper that, it's printed on, you know, and I know, listen, I, I know I'm saying some, some controversial stuff here. <laughs> but, it's, uh, a rea- it's a reality. I, it's a reality, right? It's not something I made up. It's not, you know what I'm saying? It's, I'm not making this up as I go along, um, you know. Uh, so, so the truth is, you know, and I realize that, you know, and I realize that everybody here, I'll say it like this. I realize everybody is not called into the ministry at the age of 19, you know, uh, after they get out of high school and it just so happens that they're, it's time for them to go off to college. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that right. was my lot, but that's certainly not the lot of everyone. Uh, so I, I realize that packing up and moving your family down to Nashville, Tennessee, to attend American Baptist College is not uh, a reality for, uh, you know, a lot of people. But the good news is, is that there are accredited schools that are uh, offering classes uh, online. And so, uh, you know, the good thing is, you know, thank God for the pandemic, <laughs> you know. Right. Uh, listen, the pandemic may have uh, caught us off guard, but it certainly didn't catch God off guard. Uh, and so the pandemic has probably opened some doors if people will just see it as it is. I think now there are probably more schools that are willing 
to offer online classes now than they were before. So, uh, so that's you know that's something that should be taken advantage of. Now, education is not cheap at all. In that's fact, true. I won't dare tell you how much I owe <laughs> in student loans. I won't dare tell you that. Right. But uh, it's an in, but it's an investment. You're investing in you're investing in yourself. You're investing in your ministry. You're investing in your future. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and one thing I want to touch on before we go to break. You mentioned the fact about uh, mentorship, and sometimes, yeah. and and you talk and you talked about you know growing up, perhaps you didn't share the same ideas as the older, uh, more senior yeah. preachers, and so mm-hmm. in ministry, and I can only talk from a, a male perspective, and I'm sure somebody mm-hmm. out there is listening from a female perspective, and maybe they mm-hmm. might perhaps want to share, but from a male perspective. Even at home, sometimes there is a father-son conflict, and mm-hmm. and so sometimes in ministry uh, there is a father-son conflict, or you know it may be father-daughter sure. or or mother-daughter sure. or whatever the case. So it it happens in places like that. So how do we find a, a happy medium between one generation and another generation? Because I mean the reality is that the generations have changed, and while we still have to respect each other, um, some of the younger generation has moved on from more traditional settings or traditional denominations, and they're doing a different thing. So h- how do we uh, handle this transition between the age groups? Yeah. Now, when you say, like, father, son, mother, daughter, are you talking about uh, naturally, you know, they're, Look, they're, I, uh, I mean, ministry, ministry wise. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> you know, unfortunately, a uh, couple of things I want to say, uh, I, I know that there have been times when I was growing up where my pastor said no to me, said no to me, <laughs> you know, said, no, no, you cannot go over there and preach. <laughs> I need you here at home. No, you cannot go. You know, and and I this has happened, you know, a few times when I was much younger. And mm-hmm. you know, I had some internal conversations with myself. Like how how dare that person say that to me? They didn't call me to preach. God called me to preach. You know, I mean, that kind of thing happened, you know, and I'm sure I wasn't unique. Um but I stayed where I was told to stay. You know, I you know when when the when the opportunity to preach somewhere fell on a Sunday that my pastor needed me at home, I stayed at home, and I told the the other the other pastor, unfortunately I I can't come with I can't be there you know, uh, in, in fact you know, um, it's always good for pastor to to speak to another pastor about an associate minister you know, coming out to preach, that kind of thing. Um, pastoral ethics, you know, would be a, another good topic to talk about. But um, so so getting back to your question, um, when I was younger, I stayed put. I did what I was told. You know, there wasn't, there wasn't a question, I, I, you know, there wasn't anything else for me to do, you know. Um, and, 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 you know, and that's an option. 
In fact, I want to believe that's, that shows sign of, of obedience and it shows sign of working towards maturity, you know, I think, you know, because it, it's, it's the immature baby that always wants what he or she wants. You know what I mean? You know, they, they, don't, they don't care about anybody else. They just, they just want themselves fed. Uh, so being able to stay put uh, was, a, I think, a sign of obedience. I think it was a sign of, of me maturing along the way. <laughs> if nowadays young preachers cannot be obedient, <laughs> you know, if they cannot if they cannot exhibit signs of what I said was signs of maturity, then I guess they would have to uh, leave home. You know, uh, you know, I mean, I guess they'll have to step out on their own without a covering, without the blessing of their pastor, without the support of their home church or their mentor. Um, if that happens, that must be a sad place to be to be out in a cold, cruel, mean world trying to do ministry without the blessing or the support of your own pastor or your own home church. That must be a very lonely place to be, and I certainly would not recommend that to anybody. Now, um, far from me to, to say that God will not call somebody to do that. I'm sure God, God chooses whoever he wants to choose, you know. So if, if some young pastor or some potential young preacher wants to stand up and declare that God, you know, God told me to, to move away from my, my mentor pastor and, and stretch out on my own, then, then let him or her say that. Um, I, you know, I'm not, I won't be the one to tell them you're not, you're not telling the truth. But, uh, you know, to, to leave your own church without the blessing of your pastor has to be a very lonely place to be. And I would not I would not want that for any young preacher, male or female. I just wouldn't I just wouldn't want that. If if I could talk somebody out of that or at least give them an opposing point of view to consider, I certainly would. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're gonna to go to break. Number in studio six one nine nine two four zero eight zero zero six one nine nine two four zero eight zero zero perhaps you want to give a shout out or perhaps you have a question uh as relating to pastoral preparation for today's pulpits you may want to know how you can be more prepared in a specific way all right stay tuned and we'll be back
Lord, we magnify your name. We are back in studio with Reverend Philip D. McDowell as we are discussing pastoral preparation for today's pulpit. 619-924-0800. Reverend, who would you like to yes, shout out today? Who have been some of the greatest influences in your life? Oh, that is so kind of you. I had no idea you were going to ask me that. Well, first of all, you know, first of all, let me just let me just do what I know I need to say. Let me say what I know I need to say. I certainly want to shout out my lovely wife of 38 years, Lady Kay, Katrina McDowell. She has been with me this entire journey, and uh, I certainly cannot imagine uh, this life without her. And so uh, I certainly want to shout her out. I want to shout out our lovely, beautiful, and talented daughter, Phaedra, uh, who is just the joy of, of our lives. Um, and uh, we thank God for her. And um, I, I certainly can speak for myself when I say that I am, I am honored to be her dad. And uh, so we thank God for her. Um, I certainly want to shout out the members of South Hempstead. Uh, they've been they, they've allowed me to be with them for the past 28 years. That, that's very nice. I'm, I'm very proud of that. Um, we do well together. This uh, pastor and people, uh, we, we, we do all right for ourselves. Um, uh, do I get everything I ask for? Well, probably not. But, you know, that's, that's just life. You know, you, you win some, you lose some. We're still together. We're, we're family. So I certainly love the members of South Hempstead Baptist Church. Certainly want to shout them out. I want to shout out the officers uh, of Easton, all of this. The, the vice moderators at large and area vice moderators, the, 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 the presidents and heads of auxiliaries, all the pastors of Easton, all the members of Eastern Baptist Association, New York Incorporated. I thank God for them for allowing me to serve as their moderator uh, for these past couple of years. And uh, I, I pray that uh, I will continue um, to serve them to the best of my ability. Now, you know, when it comes to people, uh, who influenced me? Um, that's a you know that's a good question. Um, I I can certainly tell you uh, three names. I can I can mention three pastors that um, that influenced me a great deal. And um, I was and there and there were more. There, there are more. Uh, but let me quickly just say these three. The, the pastor who baptized me was Pastor Samuel Jubair from uh, the Community Baptist Church in in Bayside, New York, in Queens, um, he baptized me. And, uh, and, though I, and though we were not there a very long time, um, his influence on my life uh, was profound. And even though we didn't stay in the congregation, you know, for years and years and years, we were, we were always in touch with one another. The McDowell family and the Jubea family uh, were close and, and are still close. So uh, Dr. Joubert was, uh, I guess, one of the first people to uh, make an impact. We moved our membership to the Union Baptist Church uh, in Hempstead, where Dr. C.C. Boone uh, was the pastor at the time. And uh, Pastor Boone was a, a great influence on me. It was, under, it was under his watch that I accepted my call to the ministry, so I, I preached my uh, initial sermon, uh, I'll say that. I got my license. Maybe I should say it like that. I got my license from Union. Um, I probably was preaching before I, I, I got my initial 
license. I, I think nowadays we say that I might have been bootlegging uh, before uh, I got right. my license. But uh, but but it, it was listen. I was nineteen. I was nineteen. Um, so uh, under Dr. Boone, I received my license. I received my ordination uh, into the gospel ministry. Uh, Pastor Boone performed my wedding with uh, Katrina um, back in 1985. And, uh, and when Phaedra was born, and when Phaedra was born, Pastor Boone came around the corner from Union all the way around the corner to South Carolina <laughs> Church. And uh, and bless and uh, bless our baby, uh, bless Phaedra. So he was he was certainly an influence in my life. Certainly, probably more than I could I can really say. I, I remember without going through much details. Let me just tell you this quick little story. When I was you know when I was still living at home with my mother in Roosevelt, uh, I was a youngster and I wasn't I wasn't acting right. Whatever that means, I don't I don't want to go through too many details here, Reverend. <laughs> don't but, don't tell it on radio. All right. <laughs> no, no, I won't tell it on radio. But I wasn't acting right. That's all I'm gonna say. I was but who did she call? She called Reverend Boone. <laughs> and Reverend Boone came over to the house and sat me down and, and and got me straight. Okay. So he was definitely influential uh in my life. And then the third pastor that uh, I want to call is Dr. Charles W. Durton uh, from the Second Baptist Church, uh, which was in Rockville Center at the time, 26 Banks Avenue in Rockville Center. I, uh, I, I, I played the piano over there when I was in high school. Um, and, then, and then after getting married and coming back home, in other, well, I went away came back, got married, went back away, came back home. Anyway, did a, did a couple of things like that. But anyway, on my last trip back to New York, <clears throat> um, Pastor Durton was, was getting elderly. He was getting up in the age. Um, he'd been the, the able pastor of Second Baptist for years um, and influenced so many people. But he asked me if I would, would assist him, you know, and uh, it was absolute honor and a privilege and a and a pleasure to be with him, um, uh, you know, for the time that I was. Uh, in fact, until South Hempstead called me. Um, I, I, I mentioned earlier that uh, when I was younger, uh, a pastor told me, no, you can't go out to preach. Let me, let me just tell you, it was Dr. Durton. <laughs> I, I forgot who asked me to preach. But anyway, I, 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 I told Reverend Durton, I said, Reverend Durton, Pastor so-and-so want me to come and preach for him next Sunday or whenever it was. Uh, is that okay for me to go? And he said, no. He says, uh, next <laughs> Sunday is the church's anniversary. You need to be here at your own home church. <laughs> and uh, and, and uh, uh, Reverend Townsend, I struggled with it. I, you know, I'm laughing about it now, but at the time, that was something I didn't want to hear. You know? Wow. But I stayed there. I, I, was, I was right there. Uh, at Second Baptist during their church anniversary, which is what Reverend, Bo- uh, which was Reverend, what Reverend Durton expected of me, and uh, and I was there, I, and I didn't lose out. I, I didn't lose out at all, you know. I, right. But uh, I just wanted uh, to share that. We, we do have those, a caller. I, 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 I have a caller. I have a sure. caller. All right, uh, caller. Hello. Hello. How is everyone? I am Phaedra McDowell. Major McDowell, wow. Tell us who you are. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing well. (laughs) 
I do have a question for the moderator. All right. Uh-oh. Okay. My question is, what is the greatest advice you have received thus far? As moderator or as as in what in what capacity, Phaedra? Let me just ask. As Anything, moderator, absolutely. as pastor, as husband, as as <laughs> as father, as brother. It doesn't matter. Anything that really stands out to you at this time. It could be in any capacity, okay. career wise, okay. family wise. Okay. All right. Well, well, I've gotten I've gotten some good advice from a lot of people about you know from different things. Um, one thing that comes to mind when it comes to as moderator, somebody said to me, uh, moderator McDowell, um, just remember you cannot do everything. You you just can't do everything, you know. And uh, as elementary as that piece of advice seems to be, and, and it is, I mean, it's basic, it's elementary, there's nothing complicated, there's, you know, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to understand that. As elementary as that is, um, it was very good advice. You know, as, as the new moderator, having been elected to a position, um, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to come in and, I don't know, conquer the world. You know, after all, these people elected me to conquer the world. At least that's what was in my head. Um, And somebody just kind of, you know, kind of pulled me over to the side and said, listen, you can't do everything. You know, you have a family, you have a wife, you have a daughter, you have a, you have a congregation that, that you've been called to serve. Um, You just cannot do everything, even as the moderator. You know, and uh, and I think that was good advice for me, Phaedra. And and that kind of advice can be applicable in any scenario, in any situation. Um, you know, getting back to we've been kind of talking about young pastors, and I and I certainly don't want to appear that I'm beating up on young pastors. I'm not. I'm not. Um, but I I am aware that there have been some you know, young pastors who have come in to the pulpit and, and now, you know, they, they just was called um, to pastor such and such church and now they want to come in and, you know, change everything, you know. I mean, like, day one, they want to they change this, that, and the other thing. And sometimes that can backfire, you know. Sometimes, you know, a congregation, you know, especially if it's a traditional congregation, you know, they – you know, they're not interested in you coming along and upsetting the, the apple cart. Um, and so, um, you know, somebody gave me the advice. This is another good piece of advice, Sadra. Somebody said, the only thing you want to change <laughs> your first year as pastor are your socks and your underwear. <laughs> Very oh, good. Very that good down. advice. I, 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 I hope that's okay. I hope that's okay. But, well, listen. Yeah, yeah. Point, you know the point. <laughs> the point was well made. You know, you know, people invited you to come and preach to them. You know, they didn't invite you to come in here and 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 change things that they don't. You know, to the point that they don't recognize anything more. One one senior pastor that I am aware of, uh, if I call his name, I'm sure everybody would know him. 
he said, he's now dead and gone. He said to me, he said, Philip, he said, I was the pastor of, of my, you know, at, of this particular congregation for like 13 years before I began to feel like they were allowing me to pastor them. <laughs> and uh, and that, that, that's, uh, that's, that's, a, that's another topic. Off, that's another topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, it is, it is. Because some, you know, some, you know, some guys get in, some, you know, guys, gals, gals, whatever, they, they get in and they, they you know, they, they're the man, they're the woe man, you know, and now they want to they wanna prove it, you know. The only thing you need to prove is that you can preach the gospel. That's it, at least the first year, you know. Uh, and, and, the, and, the, and, and in time, they will allow you to make changes when they, when they have come to respect you as their leader. But you got you got funerals to do and weddings to do and babies to bless and baptisms to do and visitations in the hospital and the nursing home. You got to go, you know, you got to pay your dues before you can actually, you know, pass the people to the point that, that you, that you need to pass them. And, and it, and it is Reverend Townsend. That is another subject. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll get me back. <laughs> yeah, we're coming. Cause we're, I think we're going to have to schedule that for part two because that hour has really gone by really quickly, and um, certainly we thank you for sharing uh, with us. Phaedra, were you satisfied yeah. with that answer? I was more than satisfied okay. with that All answer. Right. All right. All right. It was thank wonderful. You, thank you so okay. much. Thank you. And uh, thank you to our listening audience. If you perhaps missed anything in this segment, you can log on immediately at the conclusion of this uh, episode. Remember, we are on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and right here on Block Talk Radio. We're here every Saturday from 1 p.m. until 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And certainly we thank you, Reverend Philip McDowell, for sharing your words of wisdom and advice uh, to this uh, generation, to this listening audience uh, that is dealing with the uh, aftermath of some uh, serious changes that have taken place in life. And certainly uh, we live and we learn. And mm-hmm. <laughs> unfortunately, sometimes experience is the, the best teacher. Sometimes experience is, uh, is a tough teacher, but we, um, yes, either way, uh, God is able. So Reverend, we're going to let you uh, give your uh, concluding remarks for this episode and close us out in prayer. And certainly uh, we want the audience to stay tuned for the closing uh, song, Reverend James Moore, let us go back to church. All right, Reverend, it's all on you. Thank you. Again, Reverend Lamar Townsend, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And the wonderful thank people you. Of, of Global Gospel uh, and your listening audience. It has been an absolute pleasure to be with you this, absolu- this, uh, uh, this afternoon. Uh, and I hope, I really do hope that something I said uh, was helpful you know, I, I'm certain that not everybody agrees with Philip McDowell. Sometimes I don't agree with me, but uh, <laughs> but but hopefully, uh, hopefully uh, something was said that was encouraging, that was enlightening, that was thought provoking, and uh, something that will help someone along the way. Thank you again. Yeah, yeah. If it's okay, we'll close with a yeah, word of prayer. And, and thank you. And uh, I just wanted to. Uh, there's some people that commented. Uh, thank you uh, to Reverend McDowell, Sister Barbara Thompson, Deaconess. Adrian McCoy, thank you for those that left your comments. And you can still leave comments, and uh, certainly uh, we will uh, answer you when we uh, get the time. Uh, Thank you again. Thank you, Reverend McDowell, uh, who has always 
uh, listen, opened doors for me and always uh, supported uh, my ministry uh, from from day one. Uh, he said, um, I'm not going to be there, but I'll expect you to do the right thing. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> thank you again, Reverend. Thank you. No problem. Let's bow for a word of prayer, everyone. God, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for this day and for life and for health and for strength. Thank you, Lord, for a reasonable portion of health and strength. We we just thank you, Lord, that you've kept us in our right minds. We thank you, Lord, that we still know that we belong to you. Now, God, we thank you for uh, Reverend Lamar Townsend and the great work that he is doing in, uh, with Global uh, uh, Gospel. We pray, oh God, your richest blessings upon him. Continue to open doors for him. Uh, make a way for him. Use him, Lord, to your glory and your praise and your honor. Bless him and his family. Bless those whom he loved, those whom he come in contact with. And we pray that you'll just continue to hold him in the hollow of your hand. Now, God, bless the entire listening audience. We pray, oh God, that whatever we stand in the need of, Lord, help us. Please uh, supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Be with us and stand by us. Keep us until that day when we will see you for ourselves and we'll be able to hear you say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Lord, these and all of the blessings we ask in the name of Jesus and for his sake we pray, amen and thank God. Amen. God bless you. Let us go back to church. I was in the studio, we were talking about how our music has gotten away from real gospel music. And we just started singing a song. And I hope the musicians can catch it. And it says, Let us go back to church. Let us go back to